0: What are the top three marketing strategies that contributed to your success this year
1: yeah i was uh thinking about that and actually i was going over my my deals and seeing where they're coming from and i was realizing that with all those deals it really wasn't one huge chunk from one source i've always had this thought that okay i need a go-to source where all my deals come from, or the majority of my deals come from. But what I realized looking at where they have come from is there are, I would say three sources that are the majority, but there's also a number that come from, I probably have seven different sources where my deal's coming from. Okay, And my thinking has shifted from, okay, I don't think it's, I actually, in my own experience, it's not best to have all your eggs in one basket and and rely just on one source. And I did that actually initially, I would say about three years ago, where I got a lot of, I was paying a lot of money for Facebook ads and I had a robot there that was uh, answering people in Messenger and I was collecting their email, phone number, where they want to buy what's their budget these kind of things and it was great two and a half three years ago and then when the interest rates started going up my those leads just dropped off and so Mm -hmm. I realized that okay these leads are dropping off I need to really diversify and so about two years ago I really started diversifying and the I would say one of the three market strategies has been reaching out to people in my farm. So initially, the key with a farm is look at how many transactions happen in that geographical area. That is very crucial because my initial farm about five years ago was where I lived. It was the neighborhood where I lived. And I thought that was good enough. But I, after working that farm for about three years, I realized this, this farm's terrible. And the reason was there weren't that many transactions. That's the first, the first thing you have to look at. The second thing was the people that are moving into this neighborhood, it's, it's a real starter home. It's like three bedroom, two bath near White Rock Lake. It's a starter home neighborhood. And so the people that are moving in, they move in and they're there for three years because the school district's not great. They're there for three years. They have a baby. A lot of them are young families. And then they move to a bigger house because these homes are under 2000 square feet, bigger house in a better school district. And mm. they still have a strong relationship with their agent, most of them. And so I was trying to go after these people where they were there for three, four years and there was, it was very difficult getting clients. Gotcha. And so what I did was I said, okay, I still like this area near White Rock Lake, but I need to expand it. So I expanded the area, included uh, two zip codes surrounding White Rock Lake, and I just started posting things about the neighborhoods, getting uh, reaching out, basically sending out uh, updates on the market. I'm I'm a real market update type guy, and so. That to me was good because it's valuable information, uh, average price per square foot, how many homes have sold, this kind of thing. And I tailored it to the little communities, like the little um, neighborhoods. So about 15 neighborhoods all surrounding White Rock Lake. I would send uh, market updates and videos. And so through that, actually, people started uh, to reach out to me for listings. And that, that helped because... I didn't pigeonhole myself in a smaller neighborhood, but, but expanded that. Uh, so that was a, that was a big one. Uh, Yeah. That
0: turnover rate will bite you if you don't look at it before you start, you know, trying to get a market that doesn't exist is very frustrating.
1: Yes. I've done the same thing. And then I would say another one is, uh, Zillow and I don't, I pay $0 to Zillow and this is crucial Because what I started to do, and I recommend to all of us on the call and everyone, all new agents, especially, but even agents who have been around, to beef up your reviews on Zillow. Okay? This is so critical because uh, if you go on Zillow and you look up agents in Dallas, I'm, I'm on the first page. I don't know how that happened. I really don't. I'm not sure, but I have about almost 75 reviews, five-star reviews on there. And Thanks. I think that has really helped me and the algorithm to put me on the first page of Zillow. And I get calls probably bi-weekly from other agents in other parts of the country or the state who want to send me referrals from, I, I got a guy who calls, um, expireds and Fizbos. He said, Hey, I saw you on the first page of Zillow. I'm caught making 800 dials a day. I want to, I want you to be my Dallas guy. So that's how I got my expired and Fizbo guy. And, and I tell you, if, if you're, if you just work on your bio, work on your bio, I have a video on there. If you look it up, you'll see my about me video. I've been updating every say a few months of what my bio is, my specialties. So I keep it updated regularly. And and that's actually caused there to be an increase of calls. So I've closed a few deals from Zillow. Just even people I had a first time home buyer. He said hey I looked you up and you were on Zillow. So let's talk. And so that I think Zillow is not going away. We shouldn't treat Zillow as an enemy. We should we should try to get in in the good graces of Zillow without paying them. I mean, some people pay them and have success. I don't see any su- success doing that. I think it's just good to beef up your profile and and then people, you'll get notice.
0: No, yeah. that's huge. Like people, that's what people do to, to decide if they're going to do business with you is see what kind of things they can find out before they have a call or reach out to you in any direct way. Yeah, so that's a great idea. I I didn't actually think about that. I mean, I thought about reviews. Google reviews is what I think first because I probably inherently do not want to deal with Zillow, but that's a great kind of attitude check for me. So great. Mm -hmm. Great
1: Yeah, and the third the third marketing strategy was I really beefed up my Instagram profile. It was like pretty non-existent last year. And through that, um, I don't know if I've gotten any direct deals from it, but um, because a lot of my clients are from church, I would say probably a third at least. And what I noticed so there was a big Thanksgiving conference in Dallas where thousands of church uh, members from all over, all over the world came. And I saw a lot of people I haven't seen for a while. And a number of them said, oh, Evan, I see you doing a lot of business. I see you on Instagram. And so the big thing is a, a good way out for social media to just be top of mind and put put yourself out there is is just to beef up your social media. For me, it was Instagram. And then I added a lot of my church friends. And because I don't, in church, I don't like to you know, promote yeah. like, hey, you should use me or something like this. I just wanna keep it just fellowship. But mm-hmm. if I, on social media, if I'm in front of them and they see what I'm doing, then they know, okay, oh, he's active, he's doing a lot of deals. And so I think I'm just getting noticed a little bit more in church circles and and it's it's helped. So
0: that's great. So farming market updates, basically, and making sure you have the turnover rate and market updates there. uh, Beefing up your reviews and bio to represent kind of who you are and how you do business and then uh, social media. uh, I mean, those are those are pretty, pretty key pillars, I think, in anybody's business in today's world, for sure. Yes.
2: So nice. All right. Well, Michael, uh, any thoughts on that for you? So, you know, when I was thinking about what my three marketing strategies were, you know, you mentioned I started off basically using Buffini, which is basically working off of referrals. Um, I feel like 18 uh, sides out of a referral network is pretty good. So none of, none of those were any leads, bought, or anything. That was just being part of my community's life. So how do I do that? Um, <clears throat> it all really kind of starts with video. Um, I made a big move to video this year in 2023. It's going to even be stronger in 2024 because I believe it's, you know, so important. Um, in twenty twenty three I was paying, or I still am paying people to edit my videos so that I can have a more professional look just because I feel that's your brand and your brand should look professional at all times. So um it starts with video and then using the buffini network, you know, um, we talk about it a lot on our network calls. you know, pop buys are very, very important for us to stay in contact with that sphere of people that we got those 18 transactions from. And so we do about four of those a year. And then Evan mentioned it Monday on the meeting. You know, it all gets boils down to -to face-to-face appointments and and meetups. Just having lunch, coffee, happy hour, things like that with um, your sphere can feed you and can take care of you. Um, And you never have to work with a stranger. You're always working with somebody that you probably feel is family. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, but it all revolves around the video uh, and social media. Um, I don't get on social media and pound real estate, but people know I'm a realtor. And so, you know, that's the way I do it. I can't narrow down and say I got five deals from Facebook and five from YouTube and six because I held a client appreciation party. I just feel my business is based on synergy. And if I continually pour into my community, the synergy and the community is going to pour into me. And sometimes that's financially, sometimes it's emotionally, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's a beer, Um, so anyway, you know, it's just, that's how I've lived my life is pouring into people. I came from education. That's all I know how to do. So, um, when we get into talking about 2024, I'll be talking about how, how I'm shifting and even more of that in 2024. But I do have to say, you know, I being part of the Maverick network and surrounding yourself with the right people, that's probably even more important than marketing.
0: (laughs) Oh man, I love it. Thank you. That is go. The highest compliment right there. And I'll pay you later. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Larry, any thoughts on your marketing strategies? As far as I know, you've implemented this probate thing. It's been fun to watch because you just kind of grabbed onto it. I don't even know where it came from. You just brought it up one day and then you actually put action to your words. It was cool to see.
3: Yeah, so we have uh, we're blessed with uh, through e- exp. We have probably the if he's not number one, he's in that top five. Uh, Bill Gross out of uh, Los Angeles, and uh, I got to to visit him with Bill, and then joined in, and uh, I decided that you know the, the the comment that I've heard forever it really never resonated with me until you do it, and the the comment was. The riches are in the niches, you know, mm-hmm. and they kept going yeah, you know, like
1: that. that
3: sounds really cool. But how does that work? Like what what niche would I be out of that? Uh, my collective experience of going through probate twice. Sometimes you find your niche finds you. You don't find it. And that's kind of where I got. And, and really the experience I had of going through probate, I was shocked how ill prepared. I was to deal with all the challenges that came with it. And out of that, I went, if I'm a real estate practitioner and I'm this poorly prepared for all the challenges that come with it, what is it like for those that are not, which are most of them? And so, so here I go. So this year was my first full year of transitioning into probate, name change. I mean, I started with Denton County Probate Solutions, but it was too restrictive. And we went to Legacy Transitions mid-year. And with that, you know, the video, you know, that you guys are doing, you are a part uh, with Mavericks. And uh, that's been a transformation. And it's really been cool. And I'm really just at the really beginning of it. Um, but where it has paid early returns, because nobody knows what I do. Right? They just They don't understand it. If you told them, they still don't understand it. Uh, because people don't know what they don't know, so there's a lot of education. To Michael's point, it's a lot of education about like what is it, and what, why do I need to know this? Um, so there's a big uh, challenging piece there. But really cool, I finally I'm, I'm like this close to finishing a a doodle video that explains in a story what I do. That's what's coming. But what has worked so far. It's just having the initial conversations and sharing my YouTube channel with them, and grabbing a topic that I've talked about and put it back in front of them. The next phone call isn't like, "Who are you? Why should I listen to you? Uh, uh, go away." It's like the whole thing turns on that they see me as credible. Now they go, "I I, I took a peek at you." Your your YouTube channel and it came off professional and had branding, and I don't have this resistance anymore. I have this, you know, dropping the guard and let me help you. So that's been that's been big. So uh, and, and the truth is, I don't know how I can help them, and I can't tell you how many people I helped that I never made anything off. But that's mm-hmm. okay because I come from a servant's heart, and if I help enough people get what they want, I'll get mine. It's not, I don't even worry about it anymore. It's like, tell me, what are you struggling with? How can I help you? That's the big part. And when they see that you're like willing to help them, you know, you don't have your hand out, you know, the the basis for relationship begins. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're building. You're building a relationship and these people are vulnerable and they know they are right. And that's why they got their, you know, they got their, their hands up because, they're getting beat up by people that want to take advantage of them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, by by imparting that, and I think video is a huge issue uh, that will separate me from the herd, really will. And we're just at the beginning of it. So, mm-hmm. um, niching down, and the the it, the more I niche down into it, it is amazing to me how much there's still yet to take. Because every time you get into somebody else's business and you figure out what they're dealing with, you go, oh, they're broke. They need money. I need to show them how there's resources to get them money so they can endure probate,
0: Mm -hmm.
3: you know, Mm -hmm. or the most common. How can I deal with all the stuff? Mom and dad will hoarders help, you know. okay. well, that's the first place you help them, right? It's Mm -hmm. not real estate. Or they got a crappy lawyer. I got great lawyers. Let me get you a probate lawyer. It's not real estate, but yeah. it is. It all ties back mm-hmm. to real estate. But if you focus on what they need, uh, it's just huge. But that's Look. been my my experience. So I'm excited about what will be. So we're going to be focusing. You know, going forward, we're gonna we're gonna tap into the attorney network.
0: You know, I can I make a point here. This is awesome. There's a common thread among agents that I hear that are not they're not where they want to be. I don't even want to say unsuccessful. I just say either they're doing zero deals, they don't know where to start, they're not doing as many deals as they want, whatever. But <clears throat> like Gary B said something that not knowing is not a valid excuse in today's world because of Google and YouTube. And I mean, the knowledge is there to do anything you want to do. And to see Larry prove that point, just put your head down and go yes. do it. And he's generated revenue. That older man that you helped sell, how many properties did he own up in Little Elm? Uh, we did fourteen. Fourteen properties off one prospect. Yeah. Wow, that's cra- and he was so close to that guy, and he's damn darn near, excuse me, on his deathbed. And Larry's out there just serving him like crazy. You want? And you nobody want, else you would to, have done. What I heard Larry doing.
3: You want to hear a good one? Because I got him. I got, uh, I worked with the city of Little M to get him a, the, his biggest passion. His biggest passion was he wanted to have a memorial for his wife. They were lifelong dog lovers. So I reached out to Little Wham and we found an undeveloped piece of ground. And we are right now part of developing that to the third phase of a dog park. And today, it's funny it is today, I'm going to go over, I brought him some Christmas gifts. I'm putting him in the van that I made him get because he needed a wheelchair accessible van and we're going to go over and we're going to see the progress on that part today. That's so, crazy. You know, so cool. it's, that's
0: community, it's,
3: yeah, that's, that's a lot of fun and uh, looking forward to seeing. I just,
0: just so that the point I was going to make and put a bow on that is if you're having trouble, are you doing the work it takes or doing or seeking the answer of who you what your talent is, right? Larry had the probate experience of his own, and and that that spurred this this niche that he followed and went and implemented and took action. And I think action is the biggest issue that most agents face: is they're not taking either enough or any action to get the results that they're saying they want. But that's really it's really fascinating.